last week we started chapter 3 and we talked about how Paul is reminding um, the church at Corinth of the need for unity. He's saying, stop being so divided. Stop saying that, you know, some of you are claiming that you're of me and some are saying, well, I'm following a man by the name of Apollos. Stop allowing yourself as a church to be divided. And it's always so unfortunate when a church is divided, not over substance, but just over style, over certain earthly people that they're following. And, and not only is it, is it disruptive to the actual body of the church, but it's also a really bad testimony to unbelievers who don't know Christ. They love to point out at things like that and say, oh, see the church, it's got all these problems. And the reality is, yes, we have problems because we're sinners who are, are, are saved, but we're being sanctified, right? So there's going to be issues and problems, but it's important that we have a testimony um, of unity and godliness as, as a church because people are watching. People are watching. And Paul points out, he's saying, look, I'm nobody. He's like, I planted the church and then Apollos who came after him is watering the seed. But he said, ultimately, God's the one that gives the increase. Me and Apollos, who are we? We're nothing but servants of God. Nothing but servants. And wow, man, we need to have that mentality. If the Apostle Paul, who God used to write a huge portion of the New Testament and used in a tremendous way, if his assessment of himself was, I'm nothing but a servant, how much more should we have that mentality? We're God's, we're God's servants. Really, we're not that important. We're going to live and die and we will be forgotten. And that's okay because it's not about us, but it's about the glory of God, and it's about what we do for God. But now he's pointing out, okay, we as the servants, there's nothing special about us. But now he's emphasizing, though, that what we do is actually of utmost importance. Not because of us, it's because of God. And our work for God has eternal impact. He's saying because one day, one day God will, will make known and invade each and every one of our hearts and lives and, and it will be revealed. It will be revealed whether we did things in the right motive for God and for his glory or whether we just lived our life for things that don't matter. So today we're going to talk about making sure our foundation is right, that it's built upon Jesus Christ, but also making sure that the materials we're building our life with are things that are going to last, things that are going to matter. He starts out, he says, in chapter number three, verse nine, he says, for we are laborers together with God. He says, you are God's husbandry or you're God's garden and, and you are God's building. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another buildeth thereon. But he's saying, but let every man take heed or be cautious, right? Be, be aware of how he builds thereon. For other foundation can no man lay which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So he's starting out saying, Jesus Christ is the only foundation. It's like the old hymn that says, on Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. There is no other foundation other than Christ. And, and that's so important that we understand that we know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. 
because that is the only sure foundation. Jesus even gave this parable in the Gospels about the, the man that builds his house. And it's this elaborate, beautiful house, and it's built on sand. And as soon as a storm comes, that house is devastated. Well, there's a wise man. He builds the same house, but it's built upon the rock. And that house survives the storm. And he's saying, the people that hear my words and ignore it, they're the foolish person. They're building, they're building on sand. But the person that hears my words and obeys it and follows it, they're building on the rock, on a solid foundation. And it's important that we, that we understand the foundation must be Christ. If your foundation is anything other than Christ, it's all going to come crashing down. It must be built upon Christ. So Paul's saying there's no other foundation except Christ. Now he's saying we need to also not just build on the right foundation, but build with the right material. So the question is, what are you building on and what are you building with? Because he's saying that one day, one day, there is coming a day that everything's going to be revealed. There's going to be a final test. There's going to be a final building inspection. And it's going to be inspected by fire. In other words, what he's saying is, look, it's going to be revealed whether the things we spend our time, our resources, and attention on are things that have any eternal value or whether they're all going to be burned up. And man, that is a sobering thought. That is a challenging thought. Because he's saying it's going to be revealed one day. He says it's going to be tried by fire. He says every man's work shall be made manifest. Or it's going to be clear. It's going to be made known. It says, for the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereon, he shall receive a reward. So really important before we read on that, that we establish something. Paul's not talking here about that we achieve or earn our salvation. That's by the grace of God, not by our works. And we can all be grateful for that because the, the Bible makes it very clear that yes, God is all loving, but God is also just and holy. And his standard is perfection and righteousness. And none of us are righteous. And we're saved not by our righteousness. We're saved by the righteousness of Jesus Christ. So the theological term is the imputed righteousness of Christ. In other words, the righteousness of Christ is placed upon us when we by faith trust not in our works, but in the finished work of Jesus Christ, right? Back to the foundation. It's got to be Christ. So we're not talking about a reward in a reward of our salvation, but this is after we trust Christ as a believer that what we do in this life, it, it matters. I mean, it lasts, it can have and should have eternal impact. And the Bible does speak of rewards. Paul talks about it multiple times about, about crowns. And then when you put that together, and some of this is maybe a little speculation, but I think when you put it all together, it makes sense. Because there's a scene in Revelation where there's saints of God that are around the throne and they're casting crowns at the feet of Jesus. And maybe you've heard this before and, and heard of something called the judgment seat of Christ. Whereas believers, we're going to stand and not give an account 
for our sin. Because if we are in Christ, we have the imputed righteousness of Jesus Christ. That he has, he has canceled our sins. He has forgiven our sins. So I have a hard time with this mentality that all of our sins are, are going to be flashed on a screen one day. And, and we're going to give an answer for every one of those sins. Well, man, we'd be there for a long, long time. I don't think that's the scene. In fact... I have pretty, we have pretty strong indication that's not the scene. And here's why. Because Paul's later going to talk about something called the judgment seat of Christ. And it, it, it's, he's referring to something called the Bema seat. Which this is a picture of, what, of something actually at this time that would happen during the Olympic Games that they would have. They would, they would come before this award ceremony, this Bema seat, and they would receive, the, the, the contestants would receive awards or rewards based upon how they did in those Olympic Games. So again, this isn't a picture of us achieving our salvation, and it's not a picture of us standing before God as our judge in the sense of he's going to issue condemnation. Now that will happen to all those who are unbelievers. There's something called a great white throne judgment. See, we either bow to, to him in, in, hum, in humility for salvation, or one day every knee will bow to him for condemnation. But, but this isn't the scene of the great white throne judgment. This is a scene of, for believers that they're going to stand and receive rewards. Again, not for our glory, but it's to cast them back at the feet of Jesus. So while we don't know exactly how all of this is going uh, to look in every specific detail, the point, the takeaway is this. That what we do for God matters. And it has eternal value and eternal impact. He's saying because all that we do is one day going to be revealed. There's going to be a fire test, a building inspection of how we built and what we built with. He says, if any man's work abide that he hath built thereon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. Not talking about suffering in hell or suffering condemnation, but a loss of, of what could have been. A loss of e having eternal impact with what we did for God. A loss of reward. But because it says he himself will be saved. Yet as by fire. So what he's saying is, look, everything that we do is one day going to be revealed. And by the way, be encouraged by that. Be encouraged by that. Because there's sometimes the reality is that we're not going to get the, the pat on the back and the attaboy and, the, and the, 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 the congratulations here in this life. Now that can be really encouraging when, when as brothers and sisters, like we encourage one another, the Bible talks about encouraging or provoking one another to do good works. There's nothing wrong with, with pointing out to someone how you appreciate them or you've been blessed by them. But that shouldn't be our motive for why we do what we do. It should be for God's glory. And the thing is, there's going to be things and times here in this life, you don't get the recognition. In fact, sometimes it can, it can work in, in the opposite way of how we know it should, where it seems like some people, they get this recognition and applause, and yet, yet they're doing it all for selfish gain. Like, you ever work with people like that? The only time they work hard is when the boss is there, 
And the, the moment they turn the corner, like they're just hanging out at the water cooler and, and, and scrolling on their phone. And, and sometimes, though, it's like you see those people get elevated. And yet you work hard and you're consistent and sometimes you don't get the recognition. Maybe you're the one that gets let go. Maybe you're the one that is punished for even other people's actions. And, and the point is this, though, that, that all that we do for God and his kingdom one day will be revealed. And sometimes it's revealed here in this life. Sometimes it's not. Many of us have probably been disappointed by someone that maybe we looked up to as a, a, someone that we thought was godly or someone that we thought was an example of a, a believer. Maybe it was a Christian leader and we see that like, oh, for years and years they just lived this double life and they ended up being crooks and thieves and, and, and stealing from the church or, or doing all these horrible immoral things and you think, wow, like they really fooled us. And sometimes it's revealed here in this life. But one day all of that will be revealed. And so again, I say that yes, it's challenging, but I hope it's encouraging that what we do for God, what we do for his kingdom has eternal impact. And you might think, well, it's not noticed and no one cares. There's no impact. But rest assured, it will one day be revealed. Everything that we do is going to be revealed by fire. So he says, so take heed or, 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 or be cautious of how you're building. And I ask us this question today. Are we building our life? Are we living our life in a way that it's going to matter? There's going to be eternal value in it? Or are we living our life for things that have no eternal value? Well, like that doesn't mean that we can't have hobbies and enjoy certain things in life. Or it doesn't mean that having wealth or possessions is bad. Like, thank God if you're blessed with some of those things. Recognize it comes from him and be grateful and be thankful and enjoy them. But also use them in a way that's going to have eternal impact. Use it for God's kingdom. Use it for God's glory. Sometimes we have this mentality that like, well, well, people that are wealthy are evil. Well, sometimes, sometimes, I mean, we know of people that are just, they're crooks. They, they, they gain it illegally. They walk on and they don't care who they have to step on to be elevated, whether it means for money or for power. Some people gain those things in an unjust way and that's evil. But there's also people that, that do have a lot of possessions and wealth, but they're godly and they use it for God's kingdom. John Witter preached a couple months ago about from our Proverbs series on, on uh, saving, investing, and giving, about using our resources for God's glory, being wise with our resources for God's glory. And whether you have a little or a lot, we're accountable for that. Let's use it wisely. Doesn't mean you can't enjoy life. Doesn't mean you can't buy, buy certain things. Like, doesn't mean that. But it does mean don't allow those things to become idols and don't become obsessed with those possessions. Look at them as their tools for God's kingdom and glory. Because one day, what we do is going to have eternal impact or it's going to all be burnt up and mean nothing. So Randy Alcorn uses this illustration about living for the line, not the dot. I've used this illustration back, it's been several years. You may have heard it or you may have heard of Randy Alcorn, but I have a, a really short video we'll play that illustrates this truth. 
Jesus says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Why is he telling them don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth? Because they're not gonna last. It's not simply that it's the wrong thing to do. It's the stupid thing to do. But Jesus says, turn it around. Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Then if you know me, you're going to heaven. Then every day of your life, if your treasures are in heaven, you're getting closer to your treasures instead of moving away from your treasures. He who spends his life moving away from his treasures has reason to despair. He who spends his life moving toward his treasures has reason to rejoice. This life is just a dot. And from that dot extends a line and that line is gonna go out forever. We all live in the dot, but if we're smart, we're not gonna live for the dot. We're gonna live for the line with the people of God. God who will live forever, people who will live forever, His Word which will live forever. So live your life now while you're in the dot, in light of the line, investing in the line. What's gonna matter after you die? Sometimes maybe people that aren't believers can, can look at certain ways like, why we live a certain way and think, man, you're, you're wasting your time. You're wasting your resources. I mean, use it for yourself. Enjoy it. Have fun. And the reality is it's just the opposite, though. The, the foolish person is the one that pours everything in to this life. And maybe you live the 80 or 90 or not. Maybe it's cut short. The reality is, though, even if you live to be a hundred, this life is so short compared to eternity. And what we do in this life can matter and have eternal value and eternal impact. And so I ask us this today. I ask myself this question. Are we living for what truly matters? Are, are we living for things that are eternal or just things that are all going to burn up and be worthless and not even sinful things just things that have no eternal value but yet we can use our time and effort and resources we can use those things for what really matters i got a text message last night from one of our missionaries uh Sarah vong i have a picture of it he sent me this picture and he said thank you uh for the eternal impact that you guys are having as a church he said thank you for for, for contributing to us and, and, and doing it in a significant way. He said, this uh, picture here is a young, young woman and her mother. So the young woman came to faith in Christ and then her mother just recently has come to faith in Christ. And he said, it was a result of, it was a result of us being able to help them. There's their, their house or dwelling place there. It doesn't look like much of it, but it was destroyed in, in a storm. And they were able as a church to then come and help meet their physical need. And then as a result, the door opened where they were able to share the gospel with them. And they both now are believers and followers of Christ. And see, that's just an example of many more that we could give and talk about of, of using things here that God's given us, but using it for eternal impact and value. 
And I thank God I'm so thankful for our church not to pat ourselves on the back because, you know, it's always dangerous to think that like, oh, we're doing, we're doing okay. But I'm really thankful for our church that we're not even six years old. And our church has given hundreds of thousands of dollars towards missionaries around the world. And that's not even taken into consideration the thousands, tens of thousands of dollars we've put into our own community here in Davenport. And again, it's just an example. I hope it's an encouragement to remind us that, and by the way, just giving financially is not the only thing. That's only a small part of it. But, but what we do, not just with our money, but our time and effort and energy, are, are we pouring into things that actually matter? Are we living our life for things that are going to have eternal consequence? Or do we get so worked up and stressed out and freaked out about things that honestly, they're probably not even going to matter a year from now, let alone for all of eternity. But we can get so worked up with those things, with possessions. Again, nothing wrong with that. Like use them for God's kingdom and God's glory. But are we having, do we have an eternal perspective? Are we truly living for what matters? Well, Paul's saying this, he, he reminds them, look, it's not about me or Apollos. We're just servants. You know, we're, we're, we're nobodies. We're going to live and die. And, 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 and the only thing that matters is, is what we do for God. He's, he's downplaying, downplaying the importance of people, but yet he's also reminding them that, look, that what we do for God, for his glory, with the right motive, it has eternal value and impact. It has eternal value and impact. And I ask us this, what are we building our life on and what are we building it with? Is it wood, hay, and it says stubble or straw? Or is it gold and silver and precious stones? In other words, is it going to matter in eternity? Are we living for what truly matters? It says, know ye not that ye are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwelleth in you. So when he says ye or you here, he's back now to talking about plural. He's talking about the church is the temple of God. He said the church is the garden and it's the building. Now, we're not saying like the church is these four walls. He's saying the church, like the people, right? That, that God is building us. He's building his church, and, and he's giving a stern warning, like, hey, some of you that are causing this division about who's following Paul and who's following Apollos, and he, he's giving warning, like, don't mess with the church. Don't mess with God's church. Don't mess with God's temple. The church is also the bride of Christ. He's saying, don't mess with the bride of Christ. He says, the people that mess with the, the church, God's going to destroy if you defile or try to harm the, the church. I don't know if some of you watch uh, any UFC, but lately, lately there have been particular UFC fighters who they'll like call out another fighter to try to get in their head. And it's just, it's all theatrics. Now, like the actual matches are real. It's not like WWE. I mean, it's like, it's, it's real, as real as it gets, but there's so much theatrics to try to, you know, just get views and to try to get people riled up. And so, so lately there've been fighters, they've been calling out and like insulting the other fighter's wife who they're trying to fight just to try to get this reaction. And it's like, why are they doing that? Well, because we know there's like this code, right? Like you don't mess with someone's wife. Like you don't insult someone's wife or there's going to be a big, big issue. Well, Paul said here, like, look, the, the church, it's God's temple. Like the church is the bride of Christ. Don't mess with it. God 
We'll deal with it. Don't, don't cause this division. Don't bring this division here because God is going to deal with it. Verse 18, he says, let no man deceive himself. If any man among you seemeth to be wise in the world, let him become a fool that he may be wise. So this is back to Pastor, Pastor Larry hit this uh, really well in chapter two, just about human wisdom. And many times like the human wisdom of this world, they look at spiritual things as foolish or just empty, worthless. They don't value them. And, and he's reminding them, let's not use earthly wisdom. Let's not use what the world says is wise because in reality, it's foolish. It's foolish, but with God is all wisdom. It says, again, the Lord knoweth the thoughts of the wise. They're vain. They're empty. There's no value in them. He says, therefore, let no man glory in men, for all things are yours. Whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas, which is Peter, or of the world, or life, or death, or things present, or things to come, all are yours, and ye are Christ, and God or in Christ is God's reminding them don't boast in men don't boast in me as Paul or Peter or Apollos because you have all things in Christ stop boasting in men and recognize what you have and who you are in Christ as we conclude today I really ask us to, to consider those two questions though what is your foundation? Like, do you know Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Because sometimes people cling to maybe a religious experience or coming to a church or even something like being baptized. And, and again, those are good things, but, but, but they can be, we can miss, we can miss what, what, what true salvation is. It's not in any of those religious activities. It's in faith in Jesus Christ. He being our anchor and foundation. Do, do you know Christ as your Lord and Savior? Is that your foundation? But then as believers who know Christ and he is our foundation, the question really a sobering question. What are you building with? Like, what are you doing with your life that's going to matter in eternity? And hopefully that's a question that wakes us up. That makes us realize that, look, here in this life, what we do in the dot can matter for all of eternity. And if we're smart, we're going to live in a way, not saying we can't enjoy life and have hobbies. But if we're wise, we're not going to be so consumed by things that are all going to burn up, that aren't going to matter. And look, I, I think when we see passages like this, I hope I hope it spiritually like shakes us to just get us to wake up and realize, man, what we do for God and for his kingdom has eternal impact. So be encouraged, but also let's be challenged by this truth because what we do for God, for his kingdom, doing it in the right motive, not for selfish gain, not to build a platform, not to build our name, but if we do it for the glory of God, Man, it's going to have eternal impact that really does matter. And maybe you won't be recognized here in this life. But God will reveal all of it. That God will invade the privacy of our hearts and the motives for why we do what we do. And it will be revealed. And I hope that we'll live a life 
saying, I'm glad I did, instead of I wish I would have. Will any of us do it perfectly? No, of course not. There's always more we can do. But I hope that we have an eternal perspective, an eternal focus.